So they are the villains, and the opposite is America. Because America is now one big gay disco. Trying to do you a favor. You're fighting for the gay disco. Don't make your ignorance normative for the. Don't, don't use those kinds of slurs. You're fighting for the gay disco. What? Are there are no slurs here. Die for the gay disco. This is an uprising against smug elites. 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 Maybe you would. And you're consistently refusing to talk about pornography. Die for the gay disco. Die for the gay disco. Well, uh, I bet you Ah, uh, the Irish version. This is um, Mike is smiling over there. He's the guy who did the thing for me. So the word, the word is spreading. He's not grimacing in pain. That's how I butchered no. his, no, his no. fantastic version. No. He's giving me the thumbs up here. So is he? Okay, yours, no. yours, yours is much more hardcore than uh, than our version, well, the Irish version. It's Irish. So what, yeah, know, yeah. What, what can I say? It has to be. <laughs> you know, Holy Catholic Ireland right. is now X-rated. So right. good evening, Dr. E. Michael Jones. Welcome. Great to have you back. We were just saying there we're both on the naughty step uh, on Twitter. Well, I upset the gays, you upset the Jews. Well, it's all one and the same. So you got a nice little band there, did you, for 12 hours? For 12 hours, yeah. I, I started off with a discussion. Steve, Steven Spielberg, I don't know whether you saw this, one of the richest and most powerful men in the United States of America who's risen to the top of the movie industry uh, did an interview with Stephen Colbert in which he whined about anti-Semitism. Uh, and I said, um, he should talk about how Jewish behavior is the cause of anti-Semitism, especially Jewish behavior from a group like the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, which does more to antagonize people against Jews than, than Adolf Hitler ever did. And uh, then the Jews immediately, a lot of them ganged up on me, and asked me for some type of example. Well, what do you mean by Jewish behavior? And I mentioned uh, Jewish uh, advocacy of pornography, abortion, all things that we've documented. And not only have I documented them, Professor Abrams did an article in the Jewish Quarterly in England uh, saying exactly what I said. Uh, well, the only difference being that he thinks pornography is something good. But we all agree that the Jews were behind it. Anyway, that got me banned for 12 hours. So uh, I, I'm starting to be disappointed in Elon Musk because I was reinstated when he took over. And now it seems as if the same group of controllers and commissars is creeping back on again. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Like they they let you back in. I mean, I did. I'm still not back on with my sixty five thousand account, which was the biggest in Ireland from the you know so called right uh, by far. In fact, it was probably one of the biggest the biggest journalist account of. I was the most retweeted journalist in Ireland, but I haven't been let back on, so I'm on a fake account. But um, I don't think there's really much change there. I wouldn't trust him as far as I would throw him. But um, needless to say, Mike, you didn't wish me happy International Women's Day because if you had, (laughs) if you had, I probably would have ended the stream. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I was I was getting my car washed today, and the guy who was doing it, who was extremely diligent about a a bit of dirt that was on my windscreen, and so I thanked him afterwards, and uh, he said to me. Well, needless to say, he wasn't Irish, you know, but he said, uh, happy International Women's Day. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, don't they choosing the wrong woman to say that to. I said, where are you from? And he said, Lithuania. I said, when you say that to me, that's an expression of communism. So I explained it to him and he got it immediately. I said, they, they want women out of the home not rearing their children so that the state can take them over and inculcate them with these ideas of Marxism. And his face completely lit up. And I said, welcome to the West. Mm. You're now living under communism. (laughs) So he thought about it and yeah, he agreed. But I just wanted to say like, I mean, obviously, what are your thoughts on this? You're the wrong kind of woman. That became obvious a long time ago. There's, this is the, the type of social engineering that you're right. It did start with communism. I, I'm, I'm doing the revising the libido dominandum. I'm going to bring out the second edition uh, with a lot of new material. But in reading it, I went back over that whole story of Alexandra Kolontai in the Soviet Union. All of these people uh, who got involved in very unhappy relationships decided to inflict this misery on women in general in the name of liberation. She was a classic example. She, she ran out on her family, abandoned her child, uh, got involved in all these uh, transitory sexual relationships with other members of the Communist Party, and, and uh, developed a sense of self-loathing that she found intolerable. And the only way she could deal with it was by imposing it on other people, which meant uh, poor people. The poor Russians. So one of the first things she does is uh, have divorce. Well, these are Russian peasants now who don't participate in the money economy. And so the wife decides she wants a divorce. That means they have to sell everything, wreck the entire extended family to come up with some little bit of money, 100 rubles or something like that, so that the woman can be paid off. And then what's she going to do with it? It was wrecking the entire the entire social fabric of Russia. And at a certain point, the Russians, the Russians had to wake up and they killed, they killed sexual liberation. This is one of the great stories that never gets told. It was all tried out in the Soviet Union in the 1920s. It was a disaster. And then Stalin came in and said, we got to put an end to this. We're going to destroy Russia if we do it. Well, I mean, we had, you know, 100, well, you know, our Catholic heritage gave us this gift in our constitution that a woman's place, 
you know, women should not have to be forced economically to go out to work. They weren't saying that you must stay in the home because that's where you belong. But it was to protect women and to protect children and protect the family. What was the gift given to us by our gay uh, Indian sodomite uh, prime minister today that they would hold a referendum to remove this very important uh, feature of the constitution. And I, you know, George Soros all, has already rigged this constitution. So it will obviously be another part of our Catholic constitution that will be decimated. But I think, Mike, it doesn't really, it's becoming increasingly irrelevant because there is definitely a move back. The tide is turning in Ireland and in Europe and obviously in the US that, you know, towards more conservative traditional values, Catholic values that women want to be with their children because they see they're getting, you know, the unicorn handed to them as soon as they're in the crash. And then by the time they're three, they're being uh, subjected to drag queen story time and they don't right. want their children. So they're they're actually striving to be back in the home. Right. Right. I, w I went through this when I first arrived in South Bend as a professor at St. Mary's College. There was an article in the newspaper saying that uh, there were there were labor laws. This is a time when we had labor laws here that prohibited women from lifting uh, anything over 50 pounds. So to protect women. OK, so that law was struck down. Guess who struck it down? The feminist. Well, <laughs> the feminist lawyers who will never lift anything heavier than a legal brief, struck down the law protecting women from being uh, lifting anything over 50 pounds. And this was kind of a great breakthrough. So I wrote an article and I put it in the uh, local, they published it in the local paper. That was a nail in my coffin. I knew my days were numbered after that. But it just shows you the bias, this kind of illusion, this world of illusion that these women are living with. These feminist lawyers project, projecting their concerns onto people who will be, they will bear the literally bear the burdens. They're literally going to have to lift up something that's really heavy that the feminists will never have to lift up. So I said, you know, alas for you, feminist lawyers, you put burdens on people that you do not bear yourself. That was the story back then. So true. I mean, do we see any female bin men, for example, ever? Do we see any women down cleaning the sewers? You know, it's we should be thanking men today for doing all the filthy work that we are still not willing or able to do. So yeah, you know, we need to remember and the, this. And the, the other side of it is that those, those men were earning a family wage in, in America back yeah. then. They were earning a wage because that had become the norm in the 1950s, a wage where you could support a family uh, from your working so that your wife could stay at home. A tremendous breakthrough. Uh, and it was all reversed in the name of feminism and equality. So now you have to have two people working to earn what the man alone had. And then you've got the burden of daycare and all this other type of stuff. So, you know, thank, thank you, feminists. Thank you, International Women's Day. For the for the change you put on women, that you don't bear yourself because you're way you're you're in the, at some law firm, you know, and you're not going to have to lift those those heavy things and get involved in all that type of stuff. But meanwhile, their children are at home uh, tattooing themselves up to the eyeballs, dyeing right. their hair pink, and cutting off their genital organs. Yeah, yeah. And no, they it's... will euthanize that same mother when she is fifty and 
they want to move it. They want to own the family home. So the mother will be put in and, and give him a dazzle into a nursing home. Yeah. So be wary feminists for what you wish for if they have children at all. No, this is this is the the uh, it's liberation. Sexual liberation is a form of control. It's that simple. I said that when I wrote that book, I was ahead of my time and nobody believed it. But now it's not hard to sell to, to convince people that this is the case. And I would say most modern women would agree wholeheartedly with you. And they've realized they can't have it all. They can't have it all. They're run ragged having careers and children and their marriages go to pot. Now, we were talking, Mike, about uh, what's happening in Ireland. There have been some very positive developments there. The lead uh, fake news paper in the country has had to concede that Catholic schools are now coming out and saying no to transgender education. They're not going to go to have it on the curriculum. They're not they're not going to adopt it. And interestingly, the Muslim counts of Ireland have also come out and said the same thing. So how do you read this? Because Islam is a conservative society. They come from conservative cultures. They, they're brought into this world uh, because of economic reasons, because they're forced out and so on and so forth. They come in, but they've retained that conservative culture. And so they're natural allies of the Catholics in this regard, in opposing things like uh, social engineering in, in the grade schools. I think it's a positive development. I think that that's, that's happening in England as well. There, there are instances of uh, neighborhoods in England where the Muslims are simply rejecting the whole trans, transgender operation. So, that, so the, the revolution has to continue along its trajectory. It's like a shark. Shark has to keep swimming because otherwise he dies. So the, this, uh, this uh, ideology has to keep going. It has to keep getting farther and farther away from the actual sexuality that it's that it's trying to exploit. And the more it does that, the more alien it becomes and the more it builds up a reaction against uh, what's going on. That That's the cunning of reason. I keep saying that, but that's what it is. And now you've got a situation where it's repugnant to most people. Normal people find this all repugnant and they're expressing their uh, dissatisfaction uh, more and more publicly. Very, very true. And I, I think I was telling you that it was this particular meme that got me banned, which just, uh, you know, spells out the truth about the homosexual lifestyle. And I think, Mike, what's been happening in Ireland, certainly, is that we are finding out a lot more about this lifestyle. And where are we finding out about it? In the children's sections of Irish council run libraries because people we've been going in and looking at the content of some of the books and it's out and out pornography they are I describing see. the most sordid homosexual acts in there and people are they're they're seeing what homosexuality for what it is that it's yeah. about inflicting so much physical pain on the body and so yeah i know when i get a ban like that it's because they don't want the truth getting out so we have oh, to that, start spelling it, it out the same the same thing happened in uh in the united states in virginia the uh, parents went to the school board meeting uh they started reading from the material that their children were exposed to in school 
Yeah. And the, the guy in charge, the president of the student count, or school board says, uh, no, you're not allowed to read that. It's obscene. Well, wait a minute. If I can't read it here, why are my children reading it? Got big publicity. And at that point, the uh, incumbent governor said, parents should have no say about what happens in the classroom. Well, the Republicans jumped on that and they won the election simply because of that. It was like uh, pure, pure uh, culture wars. And now uh, it's starting to uh, spread. But, but one of the main reactions, okay, to that was that the FBI jumped in and declared parents who spoke up at school board meetings domestic terrorists. This was the beginning, I think, the beginning of the end of Merrick Garland, who is now the, the Jewish uh, attorney general, head of all law enforcement in the United States of America, federal law enforcement. He was just hauled before uh, a Senate hearing. Uh, yeah. Josh, did you see this? Josh, I sent you the link. I did. I've, I've been watching it. I watched your recent stream on it as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so now there's a, wait a minute, this guy has to defend uh, the fact that the FBI is now going after Catholics. These are two stories that we did in Culture Wars. Okay, the story of Mark Halk, the uh, pro-lifer who's arrested at gunpoint, 25 FBI agents with drawn guns shot uh, before dawn at his house, terrorize his uh, wife and children and drag them off for uh, something that his lawyer was willing to talk to the, to the government about, for something that didn't even rise to the level of a misdemeanor in the, in, in the law. And so now here's Josh Hawley saying, uh, why are you going against uh, Catholics like this? Why did you declare Catholics terrorists? Why did you do this? And at, at that point, Merrick Garland starts to back away uh, from the memo. The memo was founded in FBI office. I, I'm on that memo. I'm on that list. And it turns out that the, the group that created the list was the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, well, we're going to get to them. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the group that's going after you. So now you can, yeah. uh, this, this story keeps developing uh, now. The, yeah, the, this go ahead. No, that that's sorry. Yeah, explain to us because um, it was the Irish Times here who wrote a piece about me and my colleague John Waters, who you know, and uh, saying we were effectively the leaders of the far right in Ireland, and you know, effectively calling us terrorists. And they were quoting the SPLC, but it turns out the SPLC are the actual terrorists. Explain this. Yeah, so it turns out that's exactly right. So first, so first of all, there's the Senate hearings, and uh, at this point, uh, uh, Senator Hawley says, "So you're using the Southern Poverty Law Center as the source of your intelligence at the FBI? Uh, this is crazy. Where, where, don't you do your own intelligence?" And he backs off. He backs off immediately. Now, uh, it turns out <laughs> within a day. There's a terrorist attack on a uh, facility called Cop City in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Molotov cocktails, Antifa shows up, tries to burn down these uh, uh, buildings that they're just trying to start building. 23 people get arrested. And this guy that you're showing on the screen, hey, wait a minute. He works for the Southern Poverty Law Center. So we have terrorists working for the Southern Poverty Law Center. They're the group that's declaring everyone else is a hate group. And they got one of their guys throwing Molokov cocktails at the police 
uh, in Atlanta. It's but, I mean, but that can't, it can't be because they're an Irish Times source. The Irish Times would never quote terrorists, surely. Some, someone <laughs> is going to have to hold the Irish Times accountable for, for using the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source on anything. They are the problem. They are the terrorists. They are the hate group. There's a consensus now that these people are a hate group. This yeah. is the this and so here you are being they they should this is not journalism. When you take a fax uh, a, a, a source when your source is the Southern Poverty Law Center, you're not doing journalism. You're doing terrorism. You're 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 attacking people that uh, the Jews don't like. That's what you're doing, and that's that's where it should have gone with the interrogation of Merrick Garland. So, you know, again, I have this fantasy of like, well, what's the next question? Well, uh, Mr. Attorney General, are you aware that abortion is a fundamental Jewish value? Do you know that? You're Jewish, aren't you? Does this idea, this is your religion. This is the Jewish religion now. 400 Jewish organizations have said this. Does this uh, prevent you from enforcing the law? Now, that would have been like a huge explosion. But the point is, it yeah. would have established the dynamic of what's going on, which is basically Jews versus Catholics. That's, that's the, the armature. That's the uh, fundamental dialectic. That's the fundamental grammar of cultural warfare in the United States of America. And once you get it out on the table, then it's a completely different operation. Then we sort of know who the enemy is. Then we know what's going on. It explains an awful lot to me, Mike, in terms of seeing it in those terms, because they really have it in for Ireland big time. And I'm, I'm only realizing, discover, I'm only discovering this really in the last few months and learning more about the Irish the Jewish-run Irish slave trade, which the Jewish-run Wikipedia says did not happen. And it did happen. And we lost millions of people because it, it happened. And if you go into Wikipedia and put in Irish slave trade, it'll come up as the myth of the Irish slave trade. Millions of Irish people were brought over by by Jews, and they were the first slaves in America. And they were far more numerous than African-Americans were. Right. But yet, right. so, I've made this point that they can deny Irish slavery, but if we deny their Holocaust, we go to jail. So That's, that's right. Fine. That's right. That's right. They, did, they can deny your Holocaust, but you can't deny yeah. theirs. You can't yeah. even talk about it. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. The Jews were involved in the slave trade with Slavs uh, during the Middle Ages. They were, they were, uh, uh, Prague was a, one of the centers of the Jewish slave trade. It was slaves and salt. They were involved in it long before, long before there was such a thing, long before they, they discovered Africa, before there were anybody taken out of Africa and sent to the New World. So it comes down to a question of uh, what are we allowed to say? Are we allowed to talk about real history? And if we do have real history, uh, what effect is that going to have on your narrative? I think that's why they are so frenetic. They're so frantic now to shut down anything but their narrative. 
Looks like it. And they really do have it in for Catholics and countries that would identify as as Catholic. I think that's true. That's I did I did it earlier today. I did a show with the Poles. And I I've kept saying, why are Poles dying for the gay disco? That's another uh, Catholic country that was hugely instrumental in the fall of communism. I would say they were that was the cause of the fall of communism. When Pope John Paul II went to Warsaw and said mass in 1979, June of 79, that set the ball rolling. And I'm saying to them today, I said, that was a spiritual movement. That's why it succeeded. And that spirituality basically had as its message, you know, love your enemy. And it brought about a peaceful solution to someone, a movement that people thought would never end. Like communism was here forever. And it turns out it disappeared peacefully overnight. So now what happens when the Poles drift away from that spiritual uh, basis for their action? They're involved in a war. And they're dying for the gay disco in the Ukraine. Colonel McGregor just said uh, 20,000 Polish soldiers are now wearing Ukrainian uniforms and fighting for a war for the people who are engaging in, first of all, the ethnic cleansing of the Ukraines, but those Ukrainians then go to Poland and then they go from Poland to Germany and they go from Germany to Ireland. So they're acting as an agent of ethnic cleansing against the native peoples all across the European continent, all across the European continent. But so why is, are they doing this? This go is ahead. because they've got the, the Israeli treatment, though. They've got, you know, as you, you, you describe so eloquently, the, the, how the Israelis have done it, what they have done to the Palestinians by basically bombarding their airwaves with pornography. And I was thinking today about Ireland, you know, when, when the state broadcaster got up and running here as a television state, station in the 1960s, it was fundamentally Catholic. It, its symbol was the St. Bridget's Cross behind me. And then they started pumping the BBC into Ireland because they could see that the national broadcaster was just going to be putting out all this Catholic content, clean. There wasn't going to be any filth. And they started pumping in the Jimmy Savile and the Top of the Pops and the Tavistock, you know, uh, propaganda to get into the heads of Irish people. And I, I was just today, this struck me as the exact same parallel of the Israelis putting the porn into the Palestinians' heads so that they wouldn't be men anymore. They'd just be sex bots. Same That's, thing right. That's right. That's right. This has occurred to me, too, because you can see uh, uh, Mick Wallace regularly on Twitter uh, denouncing uh, the uh, uh, Israeli uh, aggression against the Palestinians and the ethnic cleansing. I, I don't understand why he can't see the big picture. Because he's, he's a hippie and a lefty. He's a commie. I guess uh, sexual liberation is a form of political control. He's committed to the sexual liberation narrative, and that blinds him to the fact that you it, it, you need to expand it. The ethnic cleansing that began over there is now taking place in Ireland. It's the same type of ethnic cleansing, the same type of displacement, the same type of weaponization of migration. Why can't he see that? Why is it just? Or why does he only just talk about the, the Palestinians? I don't understand it. He never once stood up for the Irish people when they were under lockdown. 
He never once stood up on the vaccine issue. I mean, they should be jumping up and down over that. But unfortunately, they're pro-aborts. They're pro-aborts. Yeah, so we can forget it. I think that's the key issue. I think yeah. that's the key issue. Because I've said uh, about the you know, p- politics in Pennsylvania, for example, where they just elected a, a Jewish governor. When there's a mi- they're a minuscule part of the population. How is it that a Jewish governor, who made his only name he made for himself was attacking the Catholic Church? How would, could he get elected in a state like Pennsylvania, where the Catholics are always the swing vote? Well, the answer to that is abortion. Because you got these women, uh, I, I, like my my generation. I remember, you know, those ladies, the liberated Catholic girls in these academies where the nuns had all become feminists suddenly acting out and then suddenly getting pregnant and then getting an abortion. And at that point you become Jewish. How do I know that? Well, because abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Okay. And you're voting for abortion. You vote like a Jew because you're supporting abortion and you put this guy in power and now he's going to rule you with an iron rod. And that's the sad fate of Ireland. It's the sad fate of all of these Catholic countries, Germany, all of them, all of them. They they caught the they took the bait of sexual liberation and now they're being ruled by an iron rod. That's the sad situation here. It is, but the, there could be another explanation. And I I'm sure you've seen this piece that appeared in Haaretz about uh, they're basically admitting that they hack extort interfere in in elections that they uh, create these armies of. Um, bots on Twitter, you know, to try and demonize people like us. Um, did did you see this piece? No, I didn't. I think did I you? sent it to you earlier. It's up the last few days, revealed how Israel, a cyber weapons company in Israel, offers its clients um, ways of disrupting democracies across the world. And people are saying, like, this is because they've been found out with their fingers in every single pie at this stage they're coming out and saying that they do it you know as if, as if nearly to normalize it i suppose in the way that they normalize homosexuality right and- yeah yeah there was there was a section 128 or something like that uh in the uh, mossad all that was the uh cyber warfare operation in the mossad all of those people migrated to silicon valley and they all got positions in uh, uh, big tech firms in Silicon Valley. And they're the ones who are controlling the narrative. They control the flow of information now. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. I don't know how it's going to stop, but it's got to stop. And the, these are the various services that they provide. Can you see that there? Yeah, I they can. Yeah. Be admitted to that. Sorry, I knocked you off there. Um, so vote suppression. Perception hacking, influence operations, deceit and defamation. Um, and this is all being provided out of there's companies in Israel so in Israel that provide these services. So they're not hiding it anymore. Well, we got we why are we hiding it then? Why that's that's the whole point. When is this going to become a topic of public debate in the, the halls of government? From people, that's why I thought that the, the Josh Hawley thing was significant because he approached it and came close. It was obviously an attack on Garland. Garland was obviously uncomfortable, but it's got to be pursued. 
we have to bring the information like this to the attention of the public at large because otherwise uh, we're going to lose. We will lose badly here if we don't make this uh, a part of the discussion that has to take place. I don't know why. I mean, when I was in Iran, I met Mick and, and Claire. And, uh, you know, when you just meet people, you don't really know what's going on. It would be nice if I could have a discussion again about why you can't see the big picture. Why is it you get the little picture right, but not the big picture? Is it because of your commitment to some type of sexual liberation? Is that it? Don't you understand where that leads? Don't you understand where that led to what that led to in Ireland? This is a discussion that has to take place, not only here, but also in countries like Poland. What I'm saying is that there, this whole idea that there is a common denominator for Europe based on the principles that the European Union is now proposing has failed. It has failed. It's going to fall apart. Okay. NATO is going to fall apart because it contradicts the self-interest of the individual countries that are part of it. Classic example being Germany, the worst example being Germany, where they're committing suicide out of their loyalty to a, an alliance that was created to oppress them. Uh, the only guy who's standing up to this is uh, Orban in Hungary, uh, rep representing his people. But then uh, uh, just yesterday, he uh, gives a uh, tweet where he's uh, going to move the uh, Hungarian embassy uh, to Jerusalem. Wh what's that about? Wh why are you doing that? What does that have to do with the Hungarian people? How is that going to help the Hungarian people? Because historically, okay, historically, if you're talking about the Bolshevik revolution, which was a Jewish operation, it was Bela Kuhn who took over the, the attempt to overthrow the government in Hungary. He was a Jew. He murdered thousands of Ukrainians. I'm, I'm sorry, Hungarians. And you take that one step further, David Irving set off to write an uh, uh, article or a book about the Hungarian revolt of 1956. It turns out it was a Jewish-Hungarian battle. This is all part of the, the, the history that is being uh, kept from us. And so as a result, we can't really focus our attention where it needs to be focused. We're constantly being sidetracked by labels like liberal and conservative and stuff like that. And so you have the same thing now uh, in the Republican politics in America, where now Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, now he's going to run for president. And he stood up to Disney and he's anti-woke and he's anti-homosexual. He read some type of uh, homosexual uh, uh, textbook that kindergarten children are being exposed to, how scandalous it was. He sees that clearly as one of those campaign uh, um, uh, opportunities. But then he's also uh, sponsoring a bill to make it anti-Semitism uh, illegal <laughs> in the state of Florida. But what, I mean, what is anti-Semitism is exposing corruption. You know, everything is anti-Semitic. Everything at this stage is anti-Semitic. It's anything that Jews don't like. And Jews are getting more and more upset because I think this, why, why is Spielberg the most rich, one of the richest, the most powerful people? Why is he complaining about anti-Semitism? Were you ever held back in your career advancement in America because you were a Jew? No, you were promoted because you were a Jew, certainly in Hollywood. That's an asset. It's not, there is no disadvantage whatsoever in this country. And so why are you doing this? 
Well, because your narrative is failing. And that's uh, across the board. That's the message that's coming out of the, from the ADL. They're talking about open, open anti-Semitism. What are they talking about? They're talking about people like you and me discussing their effect on our culture. Not disguising it, not confusing it with Nazism or any of these things. Let's just hold these people accountable for what they're doing. Let's stop talking about anti-Semitism as the, uh, being caused by anything other than Jewish behavior. Let's start talking openly about this. That's what they're afraid of. That's it. Yeah. And there was a really good video there put up the other day, which came to my attention. And like this really is the biggest problem for most people. And you talk about the Fed, the Federal Reserve in America the American Central Bank, I suppose, being controlled mostly by Jews through the decades. And, you know, this shows how people's purchasing power in America has been destroyed since the Fed took over. I'll just play it. It's very short. Like you can just see there. This is the strength of the dollar going right down. This is the introduction of the Fed. And this is what the dollar is worth now. So all of this hyperinflation that is imposed on all of our Western societies is being done by the Jews. Well, because it's the main problem is usury. It's usury. So, so, so when debt is the basis of your money supply, uh, how are you going to pay off the debt? How are you going to pay off this usury? How are you going to pay it off? You don't have. So let's let's assume that X is the money supply. X is debt. Where is the 10% or whatever it is interest going to come from if X is the money supply. It doesn't come from anywhere. So what they have to do is basically inflate the currency. This is always what they have to do. I had to, I actually, there was a guy at uh, Notre Dame who was on the board of the fed in Cleveland. And I said, look, there's, there are only two options here. Uh, either you uh, do what the English pirates did and you loot other countries and steal the gold from the Spanish Armada or, or the Spanish main, or you uh, deflate, you inflate the currency, you debase the currency. And he said, yeah, well, uh, if we increase uh, the interest rates by X, that will uh, basically uh, eliminate the debt. So you're inflating, you're, if, if you're inflating, if we expand the money supply, that will dilute the debt. So we'll keep the debt under control, uh, but you're debasing the currency and the currency keeps going down and down and down, which is exactly what you showed in that diagram. And this, you know, Western societies have normalized this idea of being in debt slavery in the same way homosexuality has been normalized pornography seems to have been normalized divorce abortion all of the things that were brought to us by unfortunately jewish concerns and this is what they've this is how they have broken our societies because we accept all of this we don't say no it's not normal to pay half a million euros or dollars for poxy one-bedroom apartment this is not normal you should not be doing this a lifetime of debt on your shoulders. No, uh, but part of the assault on Ireland was debt. I remember yeah. uh, people coming in, throwing money at the Irish, you know, like go into debt for your vacation. Well, that was a bad idea. 
And then suddenly that whole Celtic Tiger thing went bust. And at that point, the Irish government had a choice. There's only one letter difference between Ireland and Iceland. Okay, and it was the same situation in both and basically the Icelandic people, another island, a little smaller, farther to the north and the west. And they said basically there was a, a, a collapse because of the uh, the banking, uh, the com- online banking that they were created to the uh, Icelandic legislature said basically, well, the guy who did it is down the street. So you can get him to pay you back. You can do whatever you, you can torture the guy, whatever you want, but the government is not going to make up for that guy's mistakes. And they, they, they warned them, the international financiers warned them, we'll never lend you money again. And they stayed with it. And as a result, they made out better. The Irish government did the exact opposite and they accepted responsibility for these bad debts. And now the whole thing is slavery. It's slavery. It's debt slavery. It's slavery to your passions. This is what you wake up one day and you realize I'm a slave in my own country. The question is, will they wake up? Although Iceland had a very bad COVID, to be fair, they had a very severe lockdown. So I'm not sure what happened there that they suddenly lost their post 2008. I don't know. I can't explain that. I don't know why that would happen. But, I mean, they they did uh, stiff the bankers to their credit. They did. No, they absolutely did. So it's all interlinked, though, isn't it? I mean, the the sexual perversion with the debt slavery. um, And in Ireland, we're told all of the time that this, you know, our past, our sexual past as Irish people was completely repressed and oppressive as a result of you know, the Catholic Church telling us how we should lead our lives. But now we're realizing that the real oppression is happening now. Right, right. But I, I, the, the, I mean, talking to the polls today, mm-hmm. I think that there is a moment of all of these Catholic countries where they're going to have to wake up and realize they're in the middle of a bad deal. This is not good for any of us. And they're going to have to turn back to their Catholic roots. And I think that's always a possibility. I've been talking about this for on your show for, for months now. It's a possibility. It is the only possibility now because the situation is so far gone. It's so far gone that it's going to have to be some type of recourse to some type of supernatural assistance. Turn to God in your need. Is that such a strange idea? That was what created allowed Poland to overthrow communism. It was a spiritual crusade run by the Pope. Okay, and since the Pope is gone, it is deteriorated in Poland to the point where uh, there is a kind of Russophobia, a kind of pagan Russophobia that is uh, basically turning the country into proxy war, literal, literal proxy wars, 20,000 Poles in Ukrainian uniforms dying for the gay disco. That's not, that's not a winning proposition. Someone's going to have to wake up to that fact and start to pull back. But what we need is a kind of pan-European consciousness of our Catholic roots. Well, that's the alternative. Ireland was way, way, by far the most Catholic country in Europe. No question about it. And so we don't, I don't really identify like, you know, we, 
there's this debate that goes on about you and me that we don't tend to, you certainly don't like to use the words white and black. And I agree with you. I'm not saying I don't ever use them, but I say once we give away, once we concede that a black person can be Irish, we're giving away our nationality. To me, an African cannot be Irish. End of story. I'm, maybe you approach this differently. But so we're sort of a, re a really special case in Ireland, like our neighbours next door to us. They're a basket case. One in two marriages gone. The Irish family, even though it has, you know, it's, it has weathered the storm of divorce. Divorce hasn't come in here in the way that it has in the UK. The Irish family is still actually very strong, whereas in the UK, you know, they have stepchildren, they have all this going on and they're a completely new age society. Like, you know, all of these weird new age religions are, are infesting it. So my I do feel obviously we can relate to the Italians, the Spanish, Portuguese, but you know, really, the Irish have no excuse, Mike, because Catholicism is so close to their culture still, you know, close, close in time too. it wasn't that's, it that's wasn't it. As, as if there was a reformation 500 years ago. This was just the 80s. I remember this. I remember the Irish Constitution protecting abortion in the 1980s. That's not well, that it, long it ago. protected it up up until three years ago, uh, 2018. Right. Right, but so, I mean, I remember that those those days, okay. How yeah. it changed that quickly. If it changed that quickly, it can change back that quickly. That's exactly that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Because everyone in Ireland has a living memory of what that was like, because the change happened so fast. And if you think you're better off now than you were then, well, I think you're delusional. Even in the United States, it took place over a much longer period of time, much longer period of time. And it was uh, something that uh, was imposed on us, uh, something that we were not allowed to talk about in its true terms. I've said this before, but I mean, Bernard Nathanson uh, was the architect of abortion, abortion law overthrow in America. He was a Jew. He was never portrayed as a Jew by the New York Times. He was always portrayed as a scientist or a gynecologist or something like that. Uh, but the Catholic Church was always identified. Any politician who was Catholic was clearly identified as Catholic with the presupposition that uh, Catholics always impose their views on other people. And that's how that came about. First in New York, then nationally, it was the Jews who imposed their religion on Americans. That's what Roe versus Wade is. Now they're explicitly stating it. Abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. They're saying it now that that's actually that's actually what they did. If that had been the case, then it, oh, and Nathan himself said this. If if the Americans knew that it was a bunch of wild-eyed Jews from New York City, they probably wouldn't have approved their their uh, abortion. They would have seen through who was doing it, and once you see who who's doing it, you probably figure out why they're doing it. And it's not for your benefit. That was the whole point. That's what has to happen now. We have to be able to talk about this openly. We have to be able to talk about who the actors are and what their interests are and why your interests do not, you should not be able to impose your interest on my group and their interests.
Well, exactly. I mean, they feel that they have the right to their own homeland. That, you know, they're very selective as to who they let into Israel. And yet we aren't entitled to have, you know, a Catholic island, which is what Ireland is and was. And that's what our founding fathers said it should be. So what's the problem? Like, why can't they just let us leave us alone in the West to be Christian? We know why. <laughs> or or just ask Mick Wallace, why, why don't you see that our government is treating the Irish like Palestinians? You think it's just the Israelis who do this? Isn't that being exported? Isn't that what's, what's happening across the world? Isn't that what happens with the Israelification of the American police force? They're taught to treat, they're sent to Israel. The cops are sent to Israel. And so they can learn how to treat the people they're supposed to protect as if they're uh, some type of aggressor. That's what's happening. The FBI is heavily involved in that, heavily involved in this Israelification. And that's how you end up with a situation where they showed up at this Catholic pro-lifers door and treated them like a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, during the lockdown, you know, we had a lot of situations where mass was being interrupted by so-called uh, police, Gardi, and, you know, they were really, really very aggressive. And we got a taste of it. And it reminded us of, you know, the colonial times when we were not allowed to practice mass. And that's why we held on to it. So, yeah, maybe, the, you know, something good will come out of all of this, I think. Cunning of reason. God can turn evil into good. By the way, speaking of that, there now uh, in England, it is now illegal to pray silently near an abortion clinic. I saw that. Yes, I saw that. That's fear on their part, though, isn't it? That's panic. They're, fear, they're, they're afraid that you're thinking a bad thought. What? 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 This is. How can how can they defend this? How is it well, possible to defend this something this absurd, something this absurd? This is worse than Walsingham at the time of uh, Queen Elizabeth. At least you could stand there and think your own thoughts. And now, not only are what the police are saying is, I can read your mind. I know what you're thinking. I'm going to arrest you. I know what you're thinking. This is absolutely crazy. This is crazy because. Uh, uh, this sexual liberation drives you crazy. And England is the proof of it. How long is it, can this go on? How long can this type of stuff go on? Oh, the English police. I mean, they talk about being infested by the Rainbow Brigade. Like no police force has it as bad. They're, it's just full of gays. And so they've really like let themselves down. There's so many embarrassing scenes of them at gay parades and um, but I think this is this is brilliant that they're doing this because it's actually going to make people in, in England who use women in England use abortion as a form of contraception. And this is going to start making them think about abortion. Hang on a minute here. What are we actually doing? What are we doing? Killing our own children. How can we do this? Are we barbarian? And I think it's great that it's it's highlighting how insane England has become. They've tried it here, but they, you know, they had they they've tried to ban rosary rallies outside the clinics. There are very few clinics that are murdering babies. Very very few, and uh, it hasn't worked. They won't take on the Catholics because they oh. know it would be. 
the worst thing because it will only bring people back more to the faith. So it's it's great, really, that these things are happening. Like it's it's a sign of total panic on their part, I feel. Yeah. And it's a tribute to your courageous uh, standing up for the truth. By the way, where is Heidi Byrick? Is she over? Is she in Atlanta or is she over in Ireland? What was or were they just quoting her? I well, I thought you were the one that said she was here. I never thought she was actually here. That was my misunderstanding. Then I thought she was over there, sent over there specifically to deal with you. But I guess she's dealing with you from from far away. You now have been vindicated simply because of what happened to the Southern Poverty Law Center. How this thing blew up, and they have anti antifa terrorists on their staff telling everyone else that this is a hate group. Me, I'm a hate group. When you got antifa terrorists throwing Molotov cocktails working for the Southern Poverty Law Center, would you please write a letter to the Irish Times and ask him? Was it the Irish Times who wrote that article against you? Yeah, yeah. Would you would you please write a letter and say, have you changed your mind about the Southern Poverty Law Center? Do you are are you going to issue an apology now for using a hate group uh, as uh, some type of journalistic source? What does this say about your credibility as a, as a newspaper? Well, funnily enough, I did tweet it to them yesterday that they're now, you know, you, their sources are now ter- terrorist organization. But of course, they love Sinn Féin as well, which is also a terrorist, terrorist organization. But then I got a ban. So I'd say, you know, it was a, a sort of a combination of all of those things. Um but that's what it has come down to. You know, they accuse us. We are the pro-lifers. We want to protect life at all stages. And but this is well, what these people do. They project. They accuse the other side of that which they are guilty every time. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what that's what the Jews learned to do when the temple was destroyed. You have no way of expiating guilt. And so, therefore, you have to project it onto other people. That's exactly what they do. They've come masters at it because they have 2000 years of experience in doing it. But I will I will make OK, I will make a prediction. All right. It's too much to ask the Irish Times to come out publicly and apologize. But I guarantee you, I'll put my credibility on the line here. They will not do it again. The the shelf life on using the SPLC as a credible source in a newspaper article has expired. I'm saying it's not going to happen the second time. It's over. It's over here, certainly. They uh, they their reputation has completely blown up. It's exploded, and now I think forty or twenty or some state attorney generals have called them a hate group themselves and say that anybody uses them as a source is not credible. That's exactly what Hawley did to Merrick Garland in that uh, encounter, and Garland backed down. Garland is now ashamed. He won't say it publicly, but he was caught using a discredited source as a source of intel for the FBI, which discredits the whole FBI. That's what's happening right now. Thanks to the SPLC. Thank you, Heidi, I for the minor role I played in this expose of you overplaying your hand. Absolutely. Thank you, Heidi. You see, they have lunatics running the show, completely demented feminists and you know, there was a time that these people will be locked up for not only their own safety, but for our safety. You know, they would 
there were, there were asylum asylums for them that they would like this is the only place really that they should be in because they're just showing how crazy they are they really are and i mean just getting back to the content the, the fact that the libraries are being exposed all over the certainly in ireland at the moment and in the states thanks to very brave parents who are going in and showing the content and you know i think like I, I feel this conversation is coming up a lot more now and I never wanted to have to discuss Mike the things that get on with you know get go that homosexuals get up to but when I read some of the the books that they have in these libraries for children and the stuff that they are talking about it's so utterly grotesque but unfortunately I had to make a decision to publish it which I didn't want to have to do. I felt contaminated even publishing it, you know, and these terms that I, I'd never even heard of um, that they they get up to. And I, I like I've discussed this on some of my streams recently and, and some of my chat were, you know, they were asking me some of the men in my in in on my getter stream the other night were saying, you know, they were talking about pornography. And then I started to realize that pornography is much more commonly used in the culture that I'm aware of and I'm probably a bit naive and they were asking you know how do do young men get off it how do they give it up now my advice to them was well to to pray in front of the sacred heart and to look at Jesus and say what would he think of you doing this you're involved in human trafficking when you use pornography what would you say to them Mike I know you're very good on this subject there are programs that I, I, I don't know. I, I've never looked into it. So it would be like a program like Alcoholics Anonymous where you get help in dealing with the, the, the actual problem. But the, 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 big, the biggest problem is that it's on the Internet and I ha we have to work on the Internet. We cannot work without the Internet. And so it's just, you're constantly being exposed to it. And that's, that's got to stop. Someone's got to be able to step in and say, this should not be allowed in this forum. Someone's got to do it. Now, the, you're right. There is why we have spiritual help. That's why we, one of the reasons we belong to a religion, the Catholic faith, is because it can help us when everything else seems hopeless. There is always hope with the Lord. And so it will help you. And I'm saying on the bigger scale, if you take the Irish people coming back to church en masse, that will create a, a situation where it may be removed. It could be removed. There could be a step in the direction, and that would free up the Internet, and that would end one of the biggest problems that the young people are facing right now, this addiction uh, to pornography. So, I mean, that's, that's all I can say at this point. So in general, yes, there are things you can look at. I wish I could give you the name of like these uh, programs or self-help groups. I think Patrick Coffin knows, knows uh, one of them who could recommend one of them. I don't know the names, but okay. I know they're out there. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I really do think reconnecting with the faith, you know, and, and, and reconnecting your relation, building your relationship back with Jesus, you know, that, that connection, that personal relationship with Jesus between you and him. Because don't, uh, don't underestimate, yeah. don't underestimate the power of the word of the divine word of the logos. 
So, you know, we all think you get discouraged and in moments of discouragement, you know, you go on. I get an email from a guy who says, I was a, a Jewish loser living in my mother's basement, you know, addicted to pornography. And then I heard what you said. And now I've converted to the Catholic faith and I'm married and I have children. And I'm, I, I succeeded. I, I succeed. That's the power of the word. That's not me. This is not me, some self-help program. There is a power that you can access out there. And it's not alien to Irish culture. It is the backbone of Irish culture. And all you have to do is go back to it, and that power will start to radiate from you, and then you will have an effect on the culture at large. And I think you are having that effect now. I think you are having that effect. Well, uh, you certainly are. There's no question. And, I mean, just think of the gift that you gave that young man. You know, he was miserable on his own, abusing himself in his basement, his mother's basement, and now he's got a beautiful family. He's got his own children. He's probably going to have grandchildren. And it's, there, you there, know. Is, there is nothing more powerful. And this is why I'm on the top of the ADL hate list, because they know this is their worst nightmare. You know, I could if I could walk around saying Heil Hitler and giving the Nazi salute all day and they would cheer. They would cheer if that happened. But they know that if I can convert those people, if those people are in bondage and the ADL is keeping them in bondage and I can expose what's going on and release those people from bondage, that's a threat to their ability to control these people for their own purposes. That is an existential threat for the ADL, and they know it. That's know it. it. And that's exactly why I put this up yesterday, because... It spells it all out, you know, that you possibly will have thousands, hundreds of partners if you become, decide to become gay because you're not born that way. And it's not, you know, they call this hate speech. That's why I've been banned because this is hate speech. This is love <clears throat> speech. This right. is love speech. We're trying to show you this is going to be your life if you get involved in homosexuality. This is what's ahead of you. Your life expectancy will be cut quite dramatically as well. So, uh, you know, but they call it hate speech. But look, we're winning. There's no question about that. So, Michael, thank you so much. I would recommend everyone get straight on to culturewars.com, fidelitypress.org and order Libido Dominando, Logos Rising and the Jewish Revolutionary Spirit and Baron Metal as well, which is about the destruction of Catholic America, really, isn't it? Catholic economy, the Catholic social thought. Yeah, in America as well. Yeah. And the Holocaust book will be out in a few months. It'll be out sometime this year. Yeah, we're working on the index right now. It'll be out soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Michael, once again for your Thank time. you, Gemma. Thank and you. And we'll talk again soon. Please Thank you. God. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Gemma. Likewise. Good night, Mike, and God bless. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us.